Let's all close our eyes for a few moments. Let's feel the presence of God in our midst this evening. We read in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 24, it was towards evening that the two disciples who were going towards Emmaus had a wonderful experience of God. And their eyes were open. The word of God says their eyes were open and they recognized God. Evening is the time for you and me to recognize the presence of God in our midst in a mighty way. Especially this evening as we are gathered here. Let's ask the Lord to fill us with all the graces that we stand in need of. Especially as we are approaching the great feast of the Pentecost. Let's ask for the one gift of the Holy Spirit itself. If the Holy Spirit leads us, everything else will fall in place. The secret of a successful Christian life is to live a life as prompted by the Spirit of God. And this evening, before we open our hearts to receive His word, let's all once again worship the triune God, the Father, Son and the Spirit. Can I request all of you to stand for a few minutes? We'll sing this song, Worshipping the Father, Son, and the Spirit, a simple song. Let's make this as a prayer from our hearts as we implore the grace of the triune God in our midst.
intercession of our blessed mother this evening as we prepare to listen to the word of God. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of thy own Jesus. Let's sign ourselves in the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit. Good evening to all of you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's nice to be with your presence this evening. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, now, my dear brothers and sisters, you know, we are, you know, nearing this great day of the Pentecost. The church celebrates the Feast of Pentecost this Sunday. Um, it's one of the most important events in their Catholic faith, Christian faith itself. It's the birth of the church itself. You see, in the Bible, you see the Holy Spirit powerfully working in three creations. The first creation of the universe, world itself. The word of God says in Genesis 1.1, the Spirit of God was overing the waters. So you see the working of the Holy Spirit powerfully in the creation of the world. Second, not man actually, the church clearly teaches us the second powerful working of the Spirit is in the birth of Jesus Christ itself. You know, when Mother Mary received the word and the Spirit of God overshadowed her, the word became flesh, the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And the third most powerful creation through the Holy Spirit is the creation of the church itself on the day of Pentecost. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So therefore, this Pentecost is a very important event in our life. Simple. This creation of the church, rather, the overshadowing of the spirit changed the, you know, the complete relationship between man and God. A God who was far off became a God close to you and me, not only by the word becoming flesh, but more importantly, when the spirit came upon the church on the day of Pentecost. Praise the Lord. And the secret for us today is to live a life according to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we just finished the, you know, uh, Feast of Ascension last Sunday. And the Word of God says, when Jesus ascended, He sent gifts for us. We read it in the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, and verses 8. Letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 8. We'll have the Word of God on the screen. Therefore, it is said, when He ascended on high, He made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to His people. Praise the Lord. So therefore, when God ascended, he gave gifts. Now, now, my dear brother, my dear sister, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, there are three major ways in which the Holy Spirit manifests itself in every faithful. Which are the three ways? We should be knowing it. How does the Holy Spirit manifest itself in every one of us? The three ways. Oh no, that's the, that's the what we are made of. We are made of the body, mind and soul. How does the spirit manifest itself in us? Yes, sister? Tongues is one of that. It's not tongues itself. It's rather the gifts, charisms and fruits. These are the three manifestations of the 
Holy Spirit. Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it manifests itself in every one of us. Through the charisms, it manifests itself in all of us. And finally, through the fruits. Therefore, since we are very close to the Feast of Pentecost, we thought it's good to reflect on that. You know, most of us are very regular for prayer groups, prayer meetings, and we all have a little spiritual growth in us. But often, often, many people are not able to distinguish between the gifts, charisms, and fruits of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. You know, of these three things, which is most important? Are you hungry? Fruits of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Actually, all three from the Holy Spirit should be important. But I don't you know, disagree with you totally. In fact, uh, in fact, the Gospel of St. John, I think chapter 15 and verses 16, this is what Jesus said, John 15, 16. Yeah, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruits, fruit that will last. Praise the Lord. Therefore, the word of God is very clear. Jesus says, he has appointed you and me to bear. He has not appointed you and me to manifest the gifts. He has not appointed you and me to manifest the charisms, but rather to bear fruits. But one thing, therefore, today, today what's happening, we are all very clear about it. And even charisms also, many people are so much, you know, um, interested in knowing about the charisms, the working of the charisms. We always have something to do with charisms. But often, the most neglected in this is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. People don't talk about that. People don't pray for that. We are all interested in charisms. Nothing wrong in that itself. Or we all want the fruit. But let me tell you, though the fruits are important, none of us can produce any fruit without gifts of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And the charism cannot work in you and me unless we are first filled with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, therefore, this evening, Jude made it a point that I should speak on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we will speak on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We'll just see what is the difference also. You know, okay, let's focus on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, St. Paul says, you know, he says that every one of us should strive to grow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In the first letter to Corinthians, chapter 14 and verses 12. 1 Corinthians 14, 12. Though in this context he talks about the charism, but listen to what he says there. So with yourself, since you are eager for spiritual gifts, strive to excel in them. So Paul says, we all have to strive in excelling in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Though in this context he speaks about the charism, we can apply this for the gifts of the Holy Spirit also. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, this evening, this evening, let's try to understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How many gifts are there? I'll also mention the difference between the gifts and the charism. Though fruit, we don't have to worry about. Are you sure, sister? Seven gifts. Are you sure? Somebody's saying eight now. Nine. Twelve. Okay, it goes on increasing. Good, nobody is decreasing it at least. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, sister, start counting. Sister Sheila, no? Okay, start counting. Where is it mentioned? Isaiah 11, 2. That's the only place it's mentioned. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 2. Let's count now how many gifts are there. The Spirit of the Lord should rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. How many? So at least I decreased it. Isaiah decreased it. So there are seven gifts mentioned in the book of prophet Isaiah. The church has added one more called piety. So total, when you said seven, you are not wrong, totally. But six is mentioned in the gospel, sorry, in the Bible. And one more is added by the church called piety. Now these seven gifts are also called as Isaiah gifts. We all know why it's called as Isaiah gifts. I don't have to explain that. Since Isaiah is the one who speaks about it. The church, Catechism of the Catholic Church, article number 1830, 1830 says, these seven gifts are called as ordinary gifts. What's it called as? Sister, why is it called ordinary? We should know that. As Catholics, we all should know that. That's why I'm taking time to explain this. It is called as what? Ordinary gifts. Why is it called? Church calls it ordinary gift. Why? Any, any idea? Don't worry, you can make mistakes also. We all make mistakes. At least guess no, sister. 
Yeah, yeah, sister, you're, you're giving the right answer. Not ordinary people. Every baptized Christian will receive these seven gifts. It is not restricted to someone. No. Everybody who's been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ will receive these seven gifts from time to time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So it's not that, you know, you cannot say that, I oh, this person is more holier, he's more prayerful, so he has the gifts. Nothing, nothing, rubbish. We all should get these gifts. And what are these seven gifts for? These seven gifts is for our spiritual growth. It is through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, somebody grows spiritually. Praise the Lord. So this is where I'll just mention the difference between the gifts and the charisms also. We all know, how many charisms are there? I think, Jude, we also talk about the charisms also one day. Not today. You can't go on with that. Then I'll ask the fruit also, no? How many charisms are there? Nine charisms. Where is it mentioned, sister? 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 11. Okay? Nine charisms. Okay, we are not going to the charisms today. But these charisms are also called as Pauline gifts or Corinthian gifts. But Catechism of the Catholic Church, article number 790 says... These nine charisms are called as special gifts or extraordinary gifts. The seven gifts are called as ordinary gifts, whereas the nine charisms are called as special or extraordinary gifts. This is the official teaching of the church. 789790 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Now, why is it called as extraordinary or special gifts? Sister Sheila, why is the seven gifts called ordinary? No, no. Why is the seven called ordinary? Everyone. Similarly, why is the nine charism called a special or extraordinary? Because everyone is not given that. Simple as that. Simple as that. Everyone is not given that. Only as per the choice of the Holy Spirit itself. The seven gifts is for our spiritual growth, whereas the nine charism is for the common good of the church, to build up the church. So I cannot grow spiritually using the charism. I may have all the charism. That doesn't mean I have grown spiritually. Nothing. But with the gifts, we have to grow spiritually. Are you clear? At least the difference. Praise the Lord. Now, I think I'll finish off this. How many fruits are there? Since we started, let's go for that also. Are you sure, sister? Shall we count once again? Okay. Since before I go into the gifts, let me go. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Somebody count for me now. I'm poor in counting, so somebody help me. By contrast... Seven, okay. How many can, can you count? Yeah. No, no. Okay, don't worry. I just, you know, two. Okay, do one thing. Go to 23 first. Let them count the two there. Gentleness and self-control. Can you go to 22 now? Are you sure? Sister, are you sure it's nine? Can you read the word of God for me? No, no, from the screen. Don't worry. It's there on the screen. Hold on there. By contrast... The fruit of the Spirit. It's not fruits. Fruit means how many? There's only one fruit. Do you know that? Only one fruit. When you say 9 or 12, I'm not saying you're wrong. 9 and 12 is not wrong. What do you mean by that? You know, there's only one fruit called love. Every other fruit is it's only a byproduct of that one fruit called love. And what is love? God himself. Therefore, only if I have that love in me, fruit called love in me, I can produce all the other fruit. Charisms and gifts are independent of each other. She can say, I have the gift of prophecy, but I don't have the gift of healing. Is it possible? Yes, it's possible. But can you say, I have joy, but no peace? I have love, but no gentleness? No, you cannot do that. So, charisms and fruits are independent of each other, where fruit is always because of that one fruit called love. Only if I have that one fruit called love in me, Jesus in me, I can produce all the other fruits. Okay, just to you know, just wind off with this. How many of you have studied physics in school? No, you tell me, no, that's what I'm asking. All of you, you studied physics? Can I ask you a question in physics? Just pass, no? <laughs> it's a problem. Jude, you failed in physics, then I'll ask you this question. Safe. You're not teaching physics in college, no? What are you teaching? English. Safe. Very safe, please. If you pass a ray of light through a prism, what will happen? 
how many rays comes out sister seven so one ray goes in how many comes out one fruit called love goes inside of you jesus every other fruit will manifest out of you clear about it praise the lord hallelujah okay let's not go into the fruit now because i'm not going to talk on the subject let's come back to the gifts of the holy spirit can you put it isaiah 11:2 okay now what i will do is very briefly i will explain these seven gifts of the holy spirit for you what they are a definition of it maybe with an example in the bible itself so that we have a you know a little bit of a knowledge about it as i told you they are called as isaian gifts church tells us they are ordinary gifts for every one of us my dear brothers and sisters you know gifts are not glamorous like the charisms but without the gifts there is no charism there is no fruit charism are used for build there is no end product yes as she said fruits are the most important finally it's by the fruit you will be judged but without the gift i cannot produce these fruits praise the lord let's go with first wisdom what's this wisdom you know there's an earthly wisdom and there's a spiritual wisdom if i want you to give a, if i want to give a definition for this gift of the holy spirit called wisdom it's the experience of the eternal things of god when we have the gift of the holy spirit called wisdom we will experience the eternal things of god in this life itself has anybody gone to eternity and come back any special people so none of us have gone there we are all here rooted and grounded here very good but you know often often we don't have to go there to experience the eternal things of god right in this life that we live here we can experience the eternal kingdom of god through the gift of the holy spirit called wisdom for example let's take an example now uh, if there is a live wire hanging there jude if you touch it what will happen don't tell me you failed in that subject also <laughs> tell me what will happen now electric shock okay now if you know it's a live wire what's called what is it you know it's a live wire what is that knowledge now if you touch it electric current will pass through you what is that understanding if you touch it electric current will pass through you is not lack of wisdom man that's understanding you understand that if i touch it electric current will pass through you i think i need to put a special chair for him here <laughs> now what is wisdom here not to touch it well, francis no you told me that oh you what's your name brother vinod okay you said not to touch it brother do you have to touch it to know that electric current will pass through you without touching you will know so similarly the eternal things of god we don't have to go there even before you go there you will have an experience of the eternal things of god when you have the gift of the holy spirit called wisdom clear if i give you you know keep a, a spoon of sugar here you look at it it looks like it looks like what if i keep a a spoon teaspoon of sugar here when you look at it how does it look like sugar simple sugar it looks like sugar you know that if you taste it it will be sweet knowing it will taste sweet and tasting it are two different things yes so there we have a knowledge about certain things about eternity not everything i'll come again to that but rather but only if i have to experience it i have to put it in my mouth therefore often we have experience only we when we do something but but simply by having the gift of the holy spirit called wisdom i can experience the eternal things of god praise the lord for example john called god as what okay that's only once in the bible so once in the book of word of not that's also you know we here and there more important he called god as love he said god is love 1 john 4 8 don't put it there he said god is love sister can you see love should i ask him can you touch love no no you cannot see you cannot touch but can you experience love so love is an experience no john touched jesus christ he saw jesus christ but he had an experience of the eternal love of god when he saw and touched jesus christ now how did john know that jesus is love of god how did john know that jesus is the love of god simple sister 
It's the Holy Spirit that gave him the wisdom to know this Jesus is the love of God. Experience, as she said, love is an experience. He experienced the divine, eternal love of God through the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's how he said, God is love. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He did not say this after he went to eternal life. Right here he said that. This is called the gift of the Holy Spirit called wisdom. So do we all need it? So when we, when we experience, sister, when you experience the eternal things of God, will your faith grow? So therefore, this is for our spiritual growth. What's the next one? Understanding. Hey, understanding is also there. Huh? The knowledge also is there. Okay, we'll come one by one. What is understanding? Certain things we comprehend with our human uh, intellect. Okay, human intellect. But something that defies the human intellect, which we can never understand using the human brain, but is revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. Let's put it. The enlightenment of the mind of the spiritual things of God. A definition for the gift of the Holy Spirit called understanding is the enlightenment of the mind of the eternal things of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Anybody has a Bible? Sister, what is that? Just an example. Hold it. What is that? Bible. What else do you call it? Word of God. What else do you call it? Scriptures. Then what else? Let's move forward. Holy book. Then. That's all. Way of life. Love letter. Oh, yeah, good. Come on, come on. What did you say? Jesus. That's God himself. When you say word of God, what does John 1, 1 say? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. You know, 1 John 1, 1 also says that. God and John says, can you put 1 John 1, 1? That will be more interesting. John 1, everybody knows. 1 John 1, 1 also we should know. We declare to you what was from the beginning. What was in the beginning? The word. What we have heard, what we have seen with our life, and what we have looked at, touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. Therefore, this word is God himself. Sister, if you go outside, take this Bible and go outside. Go stand outside for some time. Not a punishment. Huh? And you show this to somebody and say, this is God. What will the universe say? There's something wrong with this woman. She's showing me a book and saying, this God. If you show this to somebody else outside who does not know Christ, what will he call that as? A book. At the most, he may say it's a book of the Christians. Is he wrong when he says it's a book? No, then she must be wrong then. He understands very well that it's a book. That's why he's calling it as a book. If you give this book to a one-month-year-old child, will it call it as a book? No, because it does not understand. But this man clearly understands this is the book. That's why he's calling it as a book. But why are you calling it God? How do you know it's God? Sister? Let him also read everything, sister. Still will he believe it's God's word? I know why you're struggling to explain this. You know why? If you can explain this, that will be with your human understanding. Something that we cannot explain logically with our human intellect, but revealed to us through the power of the Holy Spirit is called the gift of understanding. Clear about it? Praise the Lord. Holy Eucharist, you will look at a bread and say, this is Jesus. I can never convince everybody with my human intellect that's Jesus Christ. I'm stupid. But I'm convinced not because I understand, but because the Holy Spirit reveals to me, and that's why I understand that piece of bread is Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. You understand now? This is called the gift of understanding. That's the next one. What's the next one? What was the next one? Any remember? Counsel. Okay, fine. Counsel. What do you mean by counsel? You know, this is exactly the Holy Spirit revealing to us the ways of God. Often many of us are confused what decision to take, what to do, what words to speak. Often there's a lot of confusion, not only in our spiritual life, even for our day-to-day -day living, there are a lot of confusion. Will you agree with me? All of you agree with me? Is there anybody who disagrees? Often we are caught up in this. What should I do? I see many, you know, day after day, people come to me for counseling. Brother, what should I do? What is God's will? Many of us are confused. But when we have the gift of the Holy Spirit called counsel, the Spirit will reveal to us the ways of God. You know why? Often, well, let's take an example now. Brother, what's your name? Kiran. 
suppose you have two options in front of you. You have to take one decision. One is a sinful way. Another one is not a sinful way. Which one will you take? Very easy, you know. But suppose both are not sinful. Both look the same. Only one is from God. Which one will you take? Don't tell me the one from God. We all know that. But which is from God? Because often we cannot understand that. You know why? Because what we think is right may not be right in the sight of God. Isaiah 55, 8. What does it say? We all should know that by heart. What does Isaiah 55, 8 says? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Therefore, let me tell you, brothers and sisters, we can never understand what is right or wrong according to God's plan. What to do now? Kiran, what shall we do? This is, uh, go for counseling. Yeah, going for counseling itself is not wrong. God can speak to somebody, but they may not be available always for you. You may have to take some decision on the spot. This is where the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what's the way of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, there are one or two examples in the Bible. Maybe, you know, when you find time, go to the, can you take the book of Judges chapter 20? I'll just tell you the incident there. The people of Israel are going for a battle. First day, they all pray well and go for battle and they lose the battle miserably. They come and cry before God. So the whole night, they fast and pray and they go for battle again. Again, they lose the battle. Now the third time, they're a little worried now. What to do? Can you go to verses 27 directly? Judges 20, 27. We'll just read one word of God there. And the Israelites inquired of the Lord for the Ark of the Covenant was God was there in those days. Yeah, go to the next, next verse. And Phineas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, okay, all that is fine. Shall we go out once more to battle against the kinfolk, the Benjaminites, or shall we desist? The Lord answered, go up, for tomorrow I will give them into your hands. Look at that. First two times, they did not ask the Lord, they went. The third time, God said, don't go. Fourth time, again, they go and asking. God says, this time you go. Therefore, therefore, unless, see, it's very easy. Third time, God said no. Fourth time, they're going to say no. God told me no, no, I will keep quiet. Did they say that? Again, they asked the Lord. But this time, there was a different answer from God, and they won and won the battle. Therefore, therefore, it's often in, you know, important to inquire of the Lord. What should I do? Which should, decision should I take? And the Spirit will give you an answer. This is called the gift of the Holy Spirit called counsel. It's God speaking to you and me. Counsel is nothing but God speaking to you and me. Here's another example. Can you go to Mark's Gospel, chapter 13, verse 11? Mark 13, 11. When they bring you to trial and hand you over, do not worry beforehand of what you have to say. But say whatever is given to you at that time because it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. This is called the gift of counsel. The Spirit speaking for you, the Spirit taking decision for you, the Spirit leading you, and Spirit telling you what to do, what not to do. This is exactly what's important. Praise the Lord. You know, there's a beautiful incident in the Bible. We won't read it now. Paul and Silas, they are with the missionary zeal. They want to go all around the world and proclaim the good news. Is it good or bad? Good. But they wanted to go to Asia Minor. The Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 16, you'll read that. You know, uh, Holy Spirit said, don't go. Paul might have questioned it. What's wrong? I'm going to preach the word of God. Why shouldn't I go? Did he ask that? He listened to the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Next day, he wants to go to Bethania. There again, the Holy Spirit says, don't go. Finally, he ends up in Philippi. There, Spirit says, go, and he goes there. And he starts preaching the word of God. But one servant, no girl possessed with the evil spirit saying, I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. Kept on telling this. Paul was irritated. She was bringing a lot of money for the masters by saying. Paul turned and said, oh evil spirit, come out of her. It came out of her. And the owners were very angry with Paul. So what they did? They put him in prison. Imagine sister, listening to the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Paul might have thought, I should have gone to Asia Minor. It would have been a big convention there. 10,000 people. You know, we would have had a live relay also. This is not live, no? Live, huh? 
<laughs> Whatever it is. At least to Bethany, you know, at least one prayer group like this. Simply listening to the counsel of the Holy Spirit now in prison. Did Paul say that? Did he complain? He started praising God. What happened that evening? A jailer and his family was saved. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the counsel of the Holy Spirit brings the grace of God. Therefore, we need to constantly ask the Holy Spirit, what should I do? What should I do? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I'll just tell a little incident. Sometime back, about five or six years back, we were having a, you know, um, a retreat for the students of Mount Carmel's. There was two batches we were going in. You know, on the last day, I was just praying to the Holy Spirit, what should I wear? The message I got was to wear a black pant and a white shirt. I think it looked like a waiter. <laughs> what did I go do there? I, I don't like it, no. But then I wore it and went. I went, I spoke on the Holy Spirit also. On a smaller group, I spoke on the Holy Spirit and all. And I don't think it was Mount Carmel. I think it's St. Joseph's in Mangalore. Yeah. Okay, whatever it is. I forgot which one. You know, I was thinking that after the session, one girl came to me and said, Brother, thank you. I said, for what? You know, I share a lot of problems. She said, I wanted to end my life. But yesterday, you know, I was listening to the second day, she was listening to the talk and said, I went to the chapel and prayed. Then I asked the Lord, Lord, give me a sign that you want me to live and you love me. Then I asked the Lord, okay, for, you know, she saw the timetable put on the, you know, um, chapel door also. There was a talk on the Holy Spirit the next day. She said, if the person who's going to preach comes in a black pant and white shirt, I believe you want me to live. You have a plan for me. Well, I did not know that. Praise the Lord. I thought I was looking for a waiter there. <laughs> but let me tell you. So God's counsel, such thing, something is very important for you and me today. It's a pure gift of the Holy Spirit which all of us should strive for in every walk of our life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What's the next one? Might of fortitude. What is this might of fortitude? It's an inner strength given by the Holy Spirit. You know, St. Paul says beautifully in Ephesians 3, 14, if I'm right. Ephesians 3, 14, St. Paul says that. Okay, go. For this reason, above my... Can you go to 16 directly? Yeah, 16. I pray that according to the riches of glory that he may grant you that you may be strengthened in your inner being with the power through his spirit. This inner strength given by the Holy Spirit is called as might or fortitude. What do you mean by that? You know, when we have this gift of the Holy Spirit called fortitude, you know what happens today, today most of us have this problem. Let's be honest about it. When things around us are not going well, what will happen to you and me? Panic, fine, what else? We tend to question our faith. Some of us even may lose our faith. That's very natural for all of us. But when you have the gift of the Holy Spirit called fortitude, inner strength, even when things around you are not favorable, still we will never lose our faith. Number two, we will be able to do everything that God wants us to do only through the gift of the Holy Spirit called fortitude. I'll give an example in the Bible. Okay, when Jesus was arrested, what did the apostles do? Yes, sister? All of them? Did everybody run away? Okay, John was supposed to be inside the petorium. We will leave him. Judas also we will leave. So let's take the other ten. Did all the other ten run away? Are you sure? Peter. Tell me Peter. All ten? Peter, Peter did not run. I am telling Peter that Peter did not run. His name is Peter. Peter followed Jesus Christ. How can we forget that? Peter followed Jesus Christ. Why did Peter follow Jesus Christ? A simple answer I want. Because he loved him. Simple as that. He loved Jesus Christ. That's why he followed Jesus Christ. He also remembered what he told. I think in John 13, 34, he told something to Jesus Christ. You know what he told? Can you think? I think it's John 13, 34. Let's see that. Yes, yes, yes. I think it's John 13, 34. Okay, go, go further down. Ah, okay, continue, continue, 38. Lord, okay, next verse, 38, I think. Next verse also. 
Okay, it's gone to 40. I think it's, it's somewhere there. It says, Jesus said, Lord, wherever you go, I will. Maybe because of that, I don't know. It's somewhere in John 13. It's okay, it doesn't matter now. Now, forget about that. Yes, sister? 36, is it? 36, is it? Okay, fine. John 13, 36. Okay, I know it's somewhere there. Doesn't matter. Now, now, Peter followed Jesus Christ. Okay, she's put there. Lord, where are you going? Okay, fine. Okay, let's leave that now. Doesn't matter now. 37, huh? Okay. We started from 38. Lord, why can I follow? I will lay down my life for you. Look at all these statements. I will lay down my life. All this courageous statement. Okay, he made. And he followed Jesus Christ with love. But the problem is he did not have the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's why when people questioned him, he denied Jesus Christ. My dear brother, my dear sister, he did not deny Jesus Christ because he did not love him. He denied Jesus because he was scared. Simple as that. So much so, the whole night this fellow could not even sleep. Now, after the day of Pentecost, he is full of the Holy Spirit. All the gifts are working in him. Herod is arresting James and John. Sorry, James and Peter. He's cutting off the head of James and putting Peter in the prison. Hands and legs are tied with chains, put in the prison. Guards are guarding the chain. With what intention? The next day morning, he wants to cut off the head of Peter. Kiran, tomorrow your head is going to cut off. You are put in jail. What will you do the whole night? Huh? Ah, you will not sleep, I know. What will you do, I asked. I know you will not sleep. What will you do? I know none of us will sleep, but what will you do? That's what I asked you. Think of escaping. What will you do, sister? Pray. Mark is very holy. Pray. Sister, what will you do? Ah, try to contact. No mobile phones. Try to escape. Oh, you're very cunning people here. Okay, fine. So one will pray, one will try to escape, one will try to contact somebody. Whatever it is. Okay, now. Now let's go to uh, Acts 12, 5 and 6. Acts chapter 12, verses 5 and 6. Listen to what's there on the screen. No, read what's there on the screen. Acts 12, 5 and 6. While Peter was kept in the prison, the church prayed fervently for, to him, for God, to God for him. Yeah, go ahead. The very night before Herod was going to bring him out, Peter, bound with two chains, was, Kiran, sleeping between two soldiers. He was not trying to escape. He was not praying. He was not trying to contact somebody. But simply he was sleeping. Sister, why was Peter sleeping? No, sister, I will tell you why Peter was she's saying he trusted in God. Let me tell you why Peter was sleeping. Peter was sleeping because it was night time. Simple as that, nothing else. He is not disturbed about anything happening around him. That means what? Nothing happening around him is disturbing him. When Jesus was arrested, this fellow could not sleep the whole night. When he himself is arrested, he is sleeping peacefully. What is the difference? Holy Spirit. Might. Fortitude. Nothing will disturb him. My dear brothers and sisters, how many of us need this gift today? Every one of us need this one. Uh, sleep well. Sister, let me tell you a little truth, sister. You know, people who don't believe in Jesus Christ, they will sleep well the whole night. Of course, the end is destruction. People who have full faith like Peter will also sleep. But people like you and me, 50-50, we are restless people. That's a problem with us. <laughs> Trust God, but not to do. Pray. Somebody said, Mark, pray. Suppose you have to loan of one crore to pay tomorrow. What will you do, Mark? Pray. Should I call somebody? Should I send a message to Father to pray for me? See, that's all I accepted. Why? Simple. It's not that we don't have an intention. Simple. Unless we have the gift of the Holy Spirit, fortitude. We cannot even do that. Praise the Lord. Also, also, we will be able to do everything that God wants us to do. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5, verses 40 onwards, 40, 41, 42 maybe. Let's see what happens to the Apostles. This is the Apostles are preaching about Christ. So the council is calling them inside and flogging them. And when they had called in the Apostles, they had flogged, they had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus Christ and let them go. Okay, next verse. As they left the council, they rejoiced that they were considered worthy to suffer dishonor. Okay, next verse. And every day in the temple and at home, they did not cease to teach and proclaim Jesus as Messiah. My dear brother, my dear sister, they were beaten with rods, 
thrashed and told not to speak about Jesus Christ. When they went out, what did they do? Sister, do you want to witness to Christ? If somebody, you know, puts a knife on your neck and says, don't talk about Jesus Christ, what will you and I do? Let's be honest. Okay, I'll keep quiet. Why? Not because you don't love God, but you're scared. And I'm scared. But the apostles were not scared. You know why? Not because they were a better person than you and me. Simple gift of the Holy Spirit called fortitude or might. Are we clear? Let's go to the next one. What is that called? Knowledge. Jude. Hello. <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> What's this knowledge? Okay, I'll just give this an example. Paul, before he became Paul, was called as Saul. When he was Saul, did he know Christ? Okay, how many of okay, how many of his let's 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 take there, no opinion here. Let's take an opinion here. How many of you say yes he knew Christ? Put your hand up. Oh, that's all. How many of you say he did not know Christ? Put your hand up. Nobody wants. Sister, you said he knew Christ? Then read Philippines 3:10. Philippines 3:10. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not saying you're wrong. Paul says here, I want to know Christ. Sister, if he knew Christ, why is he saying I want to know Christ? He knew Christ, as you said, as, no, he knew Christ as the person the apostles are calling as the Messiah. Paul was a very, you know, very, very devout person. He was upset when they started calling Jesus Messiah. That's why he was saying it's blasphemy. That's why he started persecuting them. But he did not know Christ as the Savior. Then later he says, I want to know Christ. What do you mean by that? He says, I want to have the knowledge of the things of God. To know everything about God. Let's, let's take one example. How many of you know what God has prepared for you in heaven, eternity? Nobody knows. But still you want to go there? Sister, you want to go there? Mansions, okay. Let's see. Don't have that idea of mansions there. We don't know what God's, God's idea of a mansion is. Okay, doesn't matter. That's wrong. So do you know what God has prepared for you? Bible gives a little, little here and there. But hardly we don't know. We don't know anything. But still you want to go there, sister? You know, I think 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 9 says, No eyes are seen, no ear heard. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Okay, but as it is written, what no eyes have seen, nor the ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love Him. Sister, no eyes have seen, no ears heard, not what you think in your heart. God has prepared. Okay, so we do not know. The Bible is very clear that none of us know what God has prepared. Still you want to go there? But suppose you know what God has prepared for you and me. Will your faith in God increase? Yes, sister, sure. It will. But what to do? We don't know what to do. What to do now? We don't know. Bible says we don't know. What to do? Well, I will tell you what to do. There's only one thing you have to do. Read the next verse. That's all. That's all you have to do. Read the next verse. These things God has revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. This is called the gift of the Holy Spirit called knowledge. Today, today many of us are lacking the knowledge of God. I'm not talking about human knowledge. In fact, in the Old Testament, Hosea chapter 4 verses 6. Book of prophet Hosea chapter 4 verses 6. That's what the Bible says there. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Today, that's a problem today. People don't have knowledge. Or rather, rather I will put, you this, put it this way. The human knowledge or the worldly knowledge is interfering with the knowledge of the Holy Spirit today. Many people have this question. They have doubts. Especially when you minister to the youths. Look at the questions they ask us. Why? Sister? Yes, no? What question they ask you, sister? What question did he ask you, sister? So many, no? Oh, that's disobedience. That's okay. That all of us have also done. You know, questions, I'll tell you. About the Bible. They will question you with the Bible, sister. They will bring the Bible and show it to you. Suddenly you will understand. Hey, where is it? It's in the Bible, they'll show it to you. Oh, it's there, huh? I did not see. We don't know. Praise the Lord. Lack of knowledge, or rather, you know, this lack of human know, the knowledge of the Holy Spirit is a cause for many problems today. Human knowledge is interfering. Don't think Satan is you know, quiet. 
he is working extra time how not by just denying knowledge to them but giving them more of worldly knowledge i'm not saying worldly knowledge itself is wrong but today that's influencing or rather overshadowing this you know knowledge of the holy spirit praise the lord i won't say it's overshadowing because that alone is existing if i try to strive live only with the worldly knowledge human knowledge i'll be a big failure tomorrow praise the lord hallelujah i'll just give one example sister you know when you say young people one of the most prominent questions constantly asked to me by youth about the bible is about the theory of evolution they keep on asking me this question have they asked you what did you tell them read the bible they read the bible and come and ask you this is a problem i'll just give an explanation for just no i'm not going to go deep into that see when you say this is the problem when you say no 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 all that is rubbish they will tell you no 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 it's proved let me tell you see that theory of evolution itself may not be wrong you know the bible also says god created one by one all the creatures and the bible says the last thing that god created was human being after that god rested so maybe the you know creation before he created human being might have been the chimpanzee i don't know possible so after that he might have created therefore when you look at the logical order of evolution it may be the logical order of god's creation itself praise the lord then if that evolution is true is all the chimpanzees become human being why is still chimpanzees existing and why has man over the centuries not evolved again why sister because bible says after creating man god stopped creation that's why man has never evolved so it's right and wrong clear about it so when we have the spiritual knowledge given by the holy spirit don't ask me where i read all these things the spirit reveals this to me so this is called the knowledge of the holy spirit praise the lord when we have this no human knowledge can ever come can you put 1 corinthians chapter 1 verse 21 see what beautifully st paul says there 1 corinthians chapter 1 verses 21 onwards you can read for since in the wisdom of god the world did not know god okay fine god decided through foolishness of a proclamation save those can you go to verse 25 and 26 it's a long passage we'll go directly to 25 and 26 for god's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom and god's weakness is stronger than human strength okay go on consider your own callings all that is fine you know okay next world 27 but god chose what is in the foolish in the world to shame the wise praise the lord therefore therefore when you actually look at it even the foolishness of god is better than the human knowledge therefore today unless we have the gift of the holy spirit the problem is you and i try to encounter human knowledge with another human knowledge that's where we are failing today but if you pray for the gift of the holy spirit the spirit will tell you what to speak praise the lord hallelujah You know there are some funny things people ask me. One child, no, one youth caught up in your children's retreat and asked me, "Brother, the Bible says whatever we ask for in prayer, God will give." No, I want one twenty-story building right now. Can God give it to me? What to tell him now, sister? He tells me that I abide in Jesus Christ. He will tell you. See, we cannot say no, no, no. He says, "How do you know?" What to do, sister? I told him only one thing. God will live, give your need, not your greed. Give your need, not your greed. Simple as that. Now he cannot speak anything because he doesn't need that. What I'm trying to tell you is, when we no talk with the Spirit, no, you will get the right words, what to say. So don't depend on your knowledge. That's what I'm saying. Don't go with any preconceived ideas. The Spirit will give you the knowledge of what to speak, when to speak. So two charisms will work together. Counsel and knowledge will work together. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah what's the next one fear of god what is this fear of god okay i'll finish off quickly what is fear of god it is nothing but the reverence that comes out of the love for god it's called the fear of god um for example let me give you an example abraham was ready to sacrifice isaac did god tell abraham abraham if you don't sacrifice isaac i'll finish you off what did he tell him sacrifice and he went there to do that why yeah love or reverence for god this is called the gift of the holy spirit called fear of god you do things which are pleasing to god you do things which are lovable for god praise the lord 
Hallelujah. Okay, I'll give you one example for that. How many of you go for daily mass here? I think most of you should be going. Good sister, why do you go for daily mass? This is a simple answer I want. So you go out of your love for God, reverence for God. Let's put it this way. But there are people who go only on Sundays. I'm not talking about people who cannot go on the other days because they have some work. It's okay, I understand that. But there are people, for example, 9 o'clock morning, Sunday morning, 9 o'clock mass, sharp at 9.45, they'll be there. Have you seen such people? Yeah, 9.45, sister. 9 o'clock mass, 9.45. Have you seen such people? They are very smart. They will go after the homely, boring homely, you know. Same priest. Some are even smarter. They will go after the offertory sticking. Why do these people go for mass? Obligation. Fear. Otherwise, I'm breaking the commandment of God. That's a human fear. A fear that comes out of the consequence of doing something wrong. But she says she go for daily mass. That's out of the love and reverence for God. This is called the fear of God. Can you read? I think it's John 8, 29, I think. John 8, 29. Put it on the screen. Look what Jesus said. And that one who sent me is with me. He has not left. For I always do what is pleasing to him. That's exactly what I said. When you say fear of God, it's the spirit allowing you to do what is always pleasing to God. How many of you want to do something that's always pleasing to God? All of us. Then we can never do it with our own strength. This is the fear, gift of the Holy Spirit called fear of God. Only when you have that. Jesus said, I always did what is pleasing to my father. Why? Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Mother Mary said, let it be done according to your word. She always did things pleasing to God. Why? Because the Spirit overshadowed her. So understand that. Praise the Lord. Peter said, Lord, wherever you go, I will follow you. Thomas said, Lord, we may go with you. We may die with you. He said that, no, in John 11. But did he go? Did Peter go? No, he ran away. Both of them ran away. Why? No gift of God. So, but later after the day of Pentecost, what did Peter say? I will go wherever you send. He went. How? What's the difference? The Spirit of God. This is called the gift of the Holy Spirit called fear of God. We will do things pleasing to God with reverence for God. Everything that we do will be pleasing. We'll do everything. It's not because you're not going for mass, sister, because you're such a holy person. Not because of that. You are going because of the gift of the Holy Spirit called fear of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The last one is piety. Piety is all the spiritual activities that we do. Piety in doing what God wants us to do. Piety in prayer. Piety in all our sacramental life. All these things. Maybe one word of God we will put. Um, can we go to, for example, 1 Samuel 12, 23. This is what you know. Uh, Samuel said. Piety. What does he mean by piety? 12, 23. 1 Samuel 12, 23. Moreover, as for me, Far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray. Samuel says, ceasing to pray is a sin. Oh, have you heard that somewhere in the New Testament also? Somewhere similar lines? Yeah, Paul says, no? What is this? Pray unceasingly. Is it possible, sister? How? Through the gift of the Holy Spirit called piety. That's all. So he says, if I cease, this is nothing but piety. Always in prayer. That doesn't mean your vocal prayer. You cannot pray in tongues always also. Maybe you can move more in tongues. What do you mean always prayer? Simple here. What is prayer? Sister, communication. Even Satan asked him, if you're the son of God, come down. Was he praying? Satan asked him, no? If you're the son of God, come down. Was he praying? That's a communication. What's, what's prayer? Communication is a part of it. Simple. A relation, loving relationship with God. Yes? Okay. Um, let's ask in a very different way now. Okay. Um, sister, do you have children? You have children? Oh, she's saying, why is the doubt? Okay. Okay. Suppose you have a friend with you. That's your friend, no? Friend, no? Friend. So, are you always in a you know, relationship with her as a friend? No. no, only when you see her, that friendship blossoms. But what about your children? Even when he's sleeping? 
Even when you are sleeping and snoring, still the relationship is there. Similarly, when you have a relationship with God, even when you are sleeping, you can have a relationship with God. So that's praying unceasingly then. You understand? But you cannot pray in tongues when you are sleeping here. That's snoring, okay? Don't mistake that. He is thinking snoring is praying in tongues. No, yaar. Are we clear now? So these seven gifts is for our spiritual growth. Therefore, as when Paul says, once again we put that word of God, um, um, 1 Corinthians 14, 12. Let's keep this in mind today. As we have meditated on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, seven gifts for our spiritual growth, let's take this word of God with us. So with yourself, since you are eager for spiritual gifts, strive to excel in them. My dear brother, my dear sister, we have to excel in the Spirit of God. Every day, try that Spirit should work. It's given, it's given to every one of us. We have no excuse. You cannot say, I don't have that charism. No, it's not a charism. It's a gift which is given to every one of us. Therefore, we should strive for it. Leave the last word, building of the church, because that's in reference to charism. Gifts are not building the church. It's for building ourselves in Christ. Praise the Lord. So are you all ready for that? Can we all stand up and pray for a few minutes? Let's pray that the Lord sends His Holy Spirit upon us. Can we have a hymn of the Holy Spirit right now? Some hymn to the Holy Spirit. Then we will pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's all believe that today, today, this evening, we will ask the Lord to activate the gift in us. It's already given to us. Probably it's in a dormant state. It's not active in you and me. Today, when we pray, as St. Paul says in 2 Timothy 1.6, you know, I pray that you rekindle the gift of God that's there in you and me. Therefore, we have to rekindle. Can you read that, uh, Jude? 2 Corinthians 1, 2 Timothy 1, 6. As she prepares that one hymn for us, we want to pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 1, 6. I urge you, do not neglect, okay. 2 Timothy 1, 6. Will I want to sing hymn of the Holy Spirit? Okay, 2 Timothy is after 1 Timothy, verses 6 is after verses 5. <laughs> He's so confused today, <laughs> poor Jude. <laughs> yes, sister, you only read it. Huh? Okay. 1 6. You got it? Yeah. For this reason, I remind you. Yes, rekindle the gift of God that is within you. My dear brother, my dear sister, where is these gifts of God today? In you and me. Therefore, we have to rekindle it. Especially as we are nearing the Feast of Pentecost. Let's take a decision to rekindle it. Let's sing a hymn of the Holy Spirit. An old song we will all sing. together hold each other's hands come closer as a one community we're going to pray now come closer hold each other's hand do not disturb anything let's all pray together as far as possible try to hold each other's hand we're going to pray for the rekindling of the spirit in us spirit of the living God spiritual gifts. Give us the grace, Lord, to strive in building our life, spiritual life, with the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you have given to us. 
we claim the promise of Ephesians 4.8 that when you ascended into heaven you gave us gifts we believe Lord that the gifts are already in us give us the grace to understand that we are filled with your gifts and give us the grace to rekindle them and allow the spirit to take control of us so that we may grow spiritually we also pray for each other Lord today may every brother and sister who are gathered here in your holy name receive every gift of the Holy Spirit May this community, prayer community, grow in the spiritual gifts from today onwards. We claim this promise because you have said, when two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there. If two of you agree on anything, it will be done in heaven. Today, Lord, in your name of your son, Jesus Christ, we agree that this prayer group should be renewed with the fire of the Holy Spirit on today onwards. Let the fire fall upon every one of us and may this become a vibrant prayer group so that your glory may spread through many people through this little community that you have formed in your holy name. Mother Mary has always be with us and pray for us. Send your power upon us right now, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Fila bala bala bala, shandala bala kara bala kari di 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we make this prayer in the mighty and master's name of your Son and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So God bless you and thank you. Thank you so much, brother, for the beautiful talk. It was truly enriching.